This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Imagine a world where you think you have COVID, but no test results have yet been given to confirm your diagnosis. What do you do? How do you treat this? We hear about this particular situation from Frederick Mabitzela, who tested and thought he had COVID-19, but is yet to get his results. Thank you so much, Freddie, for joining us on the COVID report. And firstly, please share with us your journey. You know, it, it was quite difficult for me to really pinpoint what is happening in my body at the beginning of it. I had about two days of a tight chest and, you know, a bit of a sore throat. And I at first thought the tight chest was perhaps some anxiety that is ensued in my body. And I thought, well, it is quite anxious times. It makes sense if my body would react like that. But on the third day, my chest closed up. And I started to tremble as though I have pneumonia and I'm I'm putting on more clothes. I'm getting myself warm. And at the time I was with a friend who had said, no, man, let me see you for a minute and say hi to you. And then when he sees me, I'm like, you know what? I'm not feeling well. And he advised, go get tested. But at that very moment, I was actually getting worse by the minute to a point where I asked him, dude, please rush me to hospital. I cannot breathe. And that's when I decided to rush to hospital. We drove, it was on a Sunday afternoon, we drove straight to Charlotte Matlaika Hospital. I got there and from the reception, when I told the ladies at the reception what symptoms I'm experiencing, they were like, oh my word, you tick all the boxes, just quickly rush into the emergency room. And I got there and, you know, perhaps also I'd love to highlight how the hospital experience was, it was quite frightening to see how many people were there in waiting to receive help. And it was so frightening. I thought, okay, if I'm feeling like this and I look around me, there's older people who are also sitting there struggling to breathe. And you could see that they're really trying to um, hold things together. What is the experience for them? And so I waited then and then the emergency room got, um, you know, got my blood drawn out, uh, you know, the temperatures checked and I was awaiting to receive, was it a ventilation, a ventilator? But because the hospital was short uh, resourced and every bed was full, you know, they had told me to just wait to a point where they said, if I do indicate being better, they will then just discharge me on the instruction to go home, self-isolate, and I was given a prescription of uh, flu meds and what's not to get, to go get your zinc, go get other flu meds at the clinic, and really just self-isolate. And I took that instruction and I ran with it. Um, Regardless of not getting my results back, that's how I treated it from that point on. I said, well, I was at the doctor's, they saw it, they said you take all the boxes and they gave instruction to go isolate. They gave me a prescription for medication. And so that has been what I have been doing. So Freddie, listening to this, you seem to be in a middle ground, unsure if you ever had COVID, unsure of what you actually had. And maybe by now you're on day 19 
of your quarantine, of your isolation, how has 19 days of not being 100% sure been like? We've heard stories of individuals who say the worst thing about COVID-19 is not the virus itself, but the unsurety on whether you have the actual virus. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people actually um, reach out to me because I went on social media and announced that, yo, if I have COVID, this is it. And this is me fighting COVID. And so people also would reach out to me to say, yo, I'm scared. I'm having these symptoms. I haven't received my results. And I figured the only way I could uh, speedy up my recovery is by quickly facing whatever it is that has taken over my body. So I decided to label it as COVID to say, okay, well, if ever the test results come back positive, it does not change how my body feels. It still does not mean I am a healthy human being as I used to be. And this coming from someone who's never had a, a, a very ill experience, if I, if I may put it that way. I don't want to say I've never been sick. I mean, we all have the occasional flu, what's not, but I've never been hospitalized my entire life. And so I was like, this must be COVID because then it just made sense for me at the time to say, well, this is what the whole world is experiencing. And if you tick the boxes of what SARS symptoms are described to be, then you might as well start treating yourself in that way. Because if I wait for test results to indicate positive, I might have relaxed on my efforts to heal. And I might have been that guy who's at home treating it casual and not trying to protect my family. Because my first um, reaction to all of this, even when my family heard that I had been rushed to hospital and tried to come through, was always keep a distance. Um, we don't know if I am positive or negative. So while I'm on middle ground, I like to treat myself as a positive case so that I can also put my mind into protecting those around me. Now, Freddie, you mentioned um, your family just now in your response. And being someone who lives alone, as you've already publicly stated before, how did your loved ones support um translate towards you during this time, especially that you live alone and you are effectively going through this period of quarantine alone? I mean, the first reaction from my family and my grandmother was to try and have me move back into the house and, and, and live at home. And I told her it wouldn't be safe, you know, for them if ever I am positive. So the support that I have received from them has been pretty much the support that everyone should receive in, in isolation. You know, we, we have these communicative devices called cell phones. We have all other services that are there to help us remotely get the love we deserve. So I've been receiving calls every second minute. You know, they've been there with me in the journey. Every second minute, they will call, they will check on you, they will send, they even send stuff. They'll be like, yo, listen, I'm gonna send you some meds here you go, I'm going to send you more food, I'm going to send you some you know, fruits to keep yourself a bit more healthy. But all of that is the kind of support that I think sh should be given to someone in isolation. We, we shouldn't treat the self-isolation as bad as some people may, may, may coin it because 
as much as I don't have the physical interaction with my family, I took it upon myself to also understand my responsibility as a possible COVID case. And as I said, that I treat myself as a positive case, I have been able to then make my responsibility clear within my head to say, yo, if ever you are positive, you don't want to be reckless by being selfish and requesting that you want to see your family and friends and requesting that you still want to have that physical sentiment uh, or sentimental love that you receive from your family, which could possibly cause them harm. So yeah, in, in, in response to that, family has been amazing. All the calls are appreciated. So Freddie, considering it's been 19 days since you've had the test, what are your, some, some of your thoughts around the delay and what could possibly cause the delay? And are you anxious for the results? Do you want to know? Or have you gotten to a point where you feel better, whether they're positive or negative, you are okay? A part of me still wants to know um, because as much as I feel much, much better, tons amount better, knowledge of viruses with past experiences of seeing how the viruses that have attacked us have been treated or, or how they react. I know that I could have, I could be at a point where it's 19 days. I'm feeling as healthy as an ox. I've started posting videos of myself doing the 25 push up challenge. However, it could be just that the virus is suppressed. So I still do want to, get my results so that I know if the virus is currently suppressed and I have a low viral count and that's reason why I'm feeling a bit better, I at least know that I should not stop my efforts in treating the virus. Finally for me, Freddie, as far as your parting words and um, advice to anyone that's listening right now, what can we, what can we do to, to encourage people to, to abandon this idea that COVID-19 is not a real thing up until it hits home and encourage them to continue to take it seriously, perhaps if they haven't taken it seriously up until this point. No, I think you've said it just, and you've, you've put it just nicely by comparing it to what happened with HIV. And that's why I said we've had viruses attack us as humans before and we've seen what they can do. The one thing I noticed is, has been the biggest killer when it comes to the HIV virus has been the silence that often happens when people get HIV and do not want to come out and say it. So I took it upon myself to be brave enough to break that silence because I believe we have seen it in our society, in our families, what the silence has done, where you get to hear about your uncle's HIV status only when it has now grown to AIDS and they are sick, and they're possibly even near death or even reach death. So to help us fight better this virus, we have to treat it like it is, a mere flu virus. Deadly, but it is just another virus. And if we care about the next person, whether you're negative or positively uh, tested for the virus, if you care about the next person, you will be brave enough to face the virus head on. And if you do contract it, you'll be brave enough to say, look, don't get close to me because I have contracted the virus.
And this is what will also help us curb the spread of the virus because I feel there's people who are walking around putting themselves into a corner of being feared, fearful because they might um, have people develop the stigma around them. So they put themselves in that corner and are experiencing mild symptoms of COVID, but are still walking around the streets and spreading the virus wildly. And those are the people that I worry about more than the people who test positive and come out to say it. And I, I see that having these conversations more has helped even more people come to me and tell me that, yo, I've just tested positive. You know, I've seen friends hit me up and go, I've tested positive. I don't know what to tell my family. I'm worried about them. And I said, well, if you are worried about them, you will tell them because that's the first way you can protect them. And he was like, no, you're right, Freddie. I'm just going to go out and tell them what my results say. And I said, do that as soon as you can, because if you don't, they are going to walk through your door and they're going to want to touch you. They're going to be the jubilant, happy selves that, that really want to give you that physical love. And then you'll be placing them in danger. So it is selfish for a positive case to not come out and say it. And that's the messaging that we need to spread across all platforms. You know, we need to let people know that being positive at this moment, at a moment of crisis, is a big responsibility over and above saying that, oh, no, he's positive, let's stay away. The positive person also needs to feel the responsibility of keeping it away from others. And that was Frederick Mabitsela on the COVID report, sharing with us his experiences of not knowing due to the time it's taken for him to receive his test results from the time he reported himself to the hospital upon suspecting that he had symptoms that are linked with COVID-19. Again, I can't imagine how stressful that must be. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or stream by www.vafm.co.za.